What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Bears on Tap. Duke, Brandon, and Lucas look forward to putting their meat on the table in 2021 and beyond. Football is finally here. Like, it's it's officially here. Football season is back, and we are here to cover it for you. Obviously, we don't know if he's in quote-unquote football shape, but me personally, I think he's going to come out super rejuvenated and just absolutely eat people alive. Okay, dude, you've been feeding us the same crap for three years now going on four. Like, until we actually see this, we need to stop giving Matt Nagy the benefit of doubt that it's just going to happen. Listen, it's chicken or egg at this point. We're back. I am all the way reeled in on this team. I don't know how they continue to do it, but Justin Fields is our quarterback, and there is nobody on God's earth that can tell me anything otherwise that this team is not trending in the right direction. We ain't leaving. We ain't leaving. <laughs> You're such a jack. We ain't fucking leaving! What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Bears on Tap. That brand new intro is from our guy, Duke. Uh, awesome. First time seeing it, so or a little second time. So it was uh, pretty pumped up about it. Um, you can go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. Uh, I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas on Tap, or you could also follow that pod guy, Duke, Mr. Duke Coughlin, and Beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. Also kind of has the the NFL top 100 list is pointless in his tag today. So we're obviously going to cover that, and we got to talk about some of these Matt Nagy comments. They were rough. Um, but, gentlemen, how are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could say I'm feeling good. Um, it's It's been another wonderful week to be a Chicago Bears fan. Obviously, uh, Matt Nagy keeps opening his mouth, and I kind of wish he wouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, We have an interesting week coming up for sure, going against the uh, Tennessee Titans, I believe. And uh, there's a lot of asses on the line, so we're going to see how it all pans out. Asses on the jackpot, and to be honest, like, I don't get any leeway after that. I got Rams week, which you guys and anyone who listens to this show know is knows is one of the toughest weeks of the season for me because that's my dad's team. So he's gonna be talking mad shit all weekend. With Andy Dalton out there at quarterback, I don't know, man. This year is I'm starting to lose my optimism, and I try to remain as optimistic with this team as possible, but I don't know what to expect. And to be honest, like I think we're going to get smashed next week against the Titans in the preseason. I've been watching way more preseason than I should. 15-6 and six on the bet so far, but the Titans have been killing everyone. But one of those losses is the Bears on Saturday, man. That's shared. Well, I mean, the Titans um, were supposedly had one of the better drafts this year. I don't know. It's, it's not like I care about the end result. I think we're all looking forward to that Rams game especially. I mean, there's just a lot of things that have been coming out in general, right? Is um, Justin Fields sitting just for Aaron Donald and they're going to play in week two? Like there, there's just a ton of, there's a ton of questions that need answering. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's actually to the point where it's frustrating. I don't know if Matt Nagy is seriously so just fucking obtuse and just got his blinders on and really believes in the shit he's saying. Cause it's starting to come off that way. It's almost getting to the point where like, I feel like he doesn't realize how dumb he looks when he talks. I don't think he realizes it. 
I'm not sure if he turned off the TVs at Hallis Hall. Shout out to uh, Mitch Trubisky. But I mean, realistically, I just I don't understand it. It's either that or he knows and he's extremely tuned in and he's just dropping shit to fuck with us. Like, that's how I feel at this point, because it it's got to be one or the other. There's no way like. I don't know, man. It, it just doesn't make sense. Some of these quotes we're going to tell you in a minute. It, it's just I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm kind of on the same boat, and uh, especially when it comes to, like, I feel like the most popular one people have been tearing apart is the Andy Dalton start in week one, regardless, you know, regardless of anything else that happens. Um, it also kind of kicks, you know, it's kind of bullshit when we hear that, you know, Justin Fields is going to play with the ones, and then we see him in the second half playing with, like, the twos and threes against, like, nobody's on defense, you know, so that gets really frustrating, so it, it's really hard to take a lot of what he says seriously, but then, you know, you think, okay, whatever, he's just playing to the media, you get a quote like this, I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop the quote, uh, Matt Nagy on his confidence in the Bears offense, quote, this offense, it takes a few years to get going. We saw that in Kansas City where it took a few years. After about three or four years, it started really picking up and going. I feel like we're at that spot right now. Like, how in the fucking world does this guy honestly think he has this much fucking time? Because by drafting, by having two new quarterbacks on the roster, by bringing in Andy Dalton and by drafting Justin Fields, you have to assume this is the offense in year one. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of starting over because we don't really have a fucking choice. The matter Andy Dalton doesn't know this offense, you know, like the back of his hand, you know, he can obviously pick it up quick. He's a veteran. Justin Fields sure as hell doesn't know this offense. So to kind of say that this offense is in year one and that we're going to see the best version of this offense near three or four, it's, it's either he kind of misread his quote when he said it, or he really thinks he has more time than he honestly does. Like it's, well, that's it's what I'm saying. Man. It just doesn't make any sense because it seems like there's a lot of heat on the fire, right? It seems like his ass is super hot, um, even even like speaking for preseason games. But that's what I'm saying is it's like, is he not aware? Because it, 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 it just doesn't make much sense to me. You know what I mean? Like how he's approaching things and how he's – it seems like he has to have more time, you know what I mean, or something like that. But B. Schultz came out with a great tweet, quote tweeted um, the whole – you know, tweet that Duke, uh, that Duke just told you. And he says, 2012's Chiefs offensive DVO ranked before Andy Reid 31st. Then he, in 2013, it went to 15th, 2014 to 12th, 2015 to 6th. And then Nagy in 2018 was 20th. And then 2019 and 2020, 25th. So he had a regression, as we all know. But it's just like, I don't understand how you can make that statement and like think it's acceptable. Think that you aren't supposed to show progress for three years you know what I mean and I get it too he's saying like hey a lot of these guys in the system they've been in the system for a while now um and and they're they're used to it they're able to help people get aligned all that stuff but again is this system that complex like it's supposed to be super hard to learn and very nuanced and blah 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 blah. but it's just a lot of fucking curls and drags dude I I don't know be done what do you think I mean these are NFL scholars like these football players have been playing football since before they could probably fucking talk. It can't be that difficult. Matt Nagy is just, he's a good leader of men. He's a terrible head coach. That's as clean cut and as nice as I could say it. He's a big rah, rah guy. He's a quote guy. He's a, this guy, he's a, that guy. He can't coach football. I, I, I don't understand it. And then the thing is that you talk about is, is like, yeah, we, while we do have players that have been in this offense, not at the most important position on the field, 
And the people that block for the most uh, most important position on the field have not been playing up to par. So that guy's already got to be worried about whoever it may be, whether it's Justin Fields, uh, Andy Dalton, or God forbid we see Nick Foles ever again. They're going to have a very short clock in their head, and they're not going to have time to think properly. So I, that's why I'm kind of losing optimism. And Matt Nagy, I'm sure he'll come up with some rah-rah bullshit in the locker room that we won't hear, and that's great for the guys. But it gives guys like us and people that cover this team zero hope. And, yeah, his his I, job is a lot a lot more on, on the line than he thinks it is. I don't understand how he could be talking like that. In, in I mean – I think there's always the the possibility he pulls a wild card and starts Justin Fields. You know, I, I feel like everyone's kind of beaten that to death and and why he should it's, – it's fucking clear. The guy's an athlete. He's better. He can make plays when there aren't plays available. Like, it, it's it's completely obvious. And, I like, I actually had someone DM me, um, one of the listeners, and he was talking about how, you know, he's like, why, like, what's the logic in having him sit versus Aaron Donald? Like, you're telling him, oh, you're not good enough for big, bad Aaron Donald. Like, how does that – make him feel how, how is that going to build his confidence and I'm not worried about Justin Fields confidence breaking but it's just kind of time and time again we've seen these things and I don't know if he's a great leader of men beat on like I truly think yeah things have been kept together I don't know that that could just be the overall quality of the guy in the locker room you know what I mean they could it goes, be drafted. It goes back to like what we talked about last year where it's like there's no jagoffs there's no martellus bennett's there's no bad seeds there's no bullshit or drama other than the media created drama and then him just not performing which yeah if you don't perform I mean we may be able to get away with not performing at our jobs and no one will ever know but if you're the head coach of an NFL franchise like you're gonna get as much criticism and as much bullshit that could you could possibly get especially in the third biggest market in all of the nfl so yeah i mean i'm i'm really interested to see after you know because of course we all believe that matt nagy's gonna just light it up this year and he's gonna be the savior and everything's gonna be okay and we're gonna just be consistently good but um no i'm ex- i'm actually really intrigued to see what's gonna come out about him from former players and stuff like that. It, it always comes out after, right? It always. I just want to know how someone can like wake up in the morning and when they brush their teeth and put their socks and their boxers and their jeans on and like confidently tell themselves that they're a Matt Nagy truther. Like you probably sit down when you pee, like you're probably also bald and wear a visor. Like, I don't know how else to cut it. Like the guy did great his first year, an anomaly, an outlier. It hasn't been reciprocated. It hasn't been reproduced. I just want to point out that every single person on this call has sat down to pee. So I don't like that <laughs> reference. There's no doubt about it. Like if you're we've drunk, all it doesn't it. count, bro. If you're drunk, it doesn't count. Yeah, either way, over doesn't count either. Or just oh. like middle of the day and your legs hurt. Well, you know, I Be think at I, work trying to hide. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, we all have those days. Um, I'm sure Matt Nagy has quite a few of those fucking days, honestly. But, um, you know, I think one thing you'll hear from former players, at least, you know, kind of my whole scope of the entire situation is, dude, that rah-rah shit only gets so far. Like, dude, it'll get a high school team up for a fucking season. You know what I mean? When you have a new fucking or even a college team, you know, like they love the rah-rah coaches in college football as well. But then, you know, it, it wears thin on guys who have been in the league long enough. You know what I mean? It wears thin on guys who show up to fucking work every day and they see this as like a job. You know what I mean? Like everyone loves playing football or playing a sport, but there's a lot of guys who just want to come in here, cut the bullshit and win. 
you know, so I could see that rubbing off, rubbing off the wrong way on a lot of people. And especially as the years go by and you continue to have the same coach and with the same players and that coach continues to try to preach that rah-rah shit, it rubs off the wrong way on a lot of people. And a good example actually is a guy who I personally like um, in, you know, Jim Harbaugh. You know, that was one thing a lot of the 49ers players said after he left was he was a little too much of a rah-rah guy. And, you know, that's great. When you jump, he in. was also fucking insane though. Like yeah. with screaming oh. people's faces. Well, yeah. No, no, no. And I, I drinks I, I more would, milk than water too. And I would also like to say that I think Jim Harbaugh is a far superior head coach to Matt Nagy. But the point is, like the rah rah shit, it wears thin on a lot of guys after a while. Yo, Northern's gonna tap that ass September 18th. Mark your calendars. They're gonna be like 35 point underdogs. They're gonna win the game straight out. There's, and I'm gonna be there. <laughs> Go listen to Huskies on Tap if you're a NIU fan. <laughs> tomorrow, big big news coming tomorrow. I can't spoil it though. All right, all right. No, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It just to me, it, it doesn't make much. A lot of what's happening just doesn't make much sense. You know what I mean? I like logically, I understand. I'm connecting the dots. I understand where it's going, but yeah, I don't know. And you think too, a lot of these people came in as young, impressionable players, and maybe they bought into it in 2018 when they were all rookies and whatever. But then you got guys that are like starting to produce in the league and win all pros, and maybe they just get tired of it. Maybe they're just like, man, this is bullshit. Like I want to be able to be a part of something that that makes you feel like you have confidence. And that's kind of what I was getting at earlier with the Anthony Miller swinging on Chauncey Gardner, uh, whatever his name is, Johnson, in the playoff game, like, months ago. I feel like if you are on the edge, right, and you just feel hopeless, and you're in this game where you're on national TV and you're not performing, and it's just continually the same thing week after week, you cannot get things going. Like, you don't feel like you can score. You don't – in that moment – your mindset, right? You're a human being. I don't give a fuck what you say about, oh, be a professional. Like you're a human being when you're getting just obliterated and you have no shot to move the ball. You're thinking we're not going to win this fucking game anyways. So someone says something to you, you're already pissed off and you kind of snap. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's hard to hold people to a high standard when you're, what when what you're putting out on the field isn't a high standard. It doesn't matter what kind of culture you're trying to build. It has to come with wins. And like eight and eight is garbage for the, especially the 2019 team. I was kind of thinking about the national spotlight the Bears finally got and the respect and how it was like, yes, Matt Nagy's a great coach. He's getting guys open. The only question mark was Trubisky and the fucking kicker. Remember, Bears had two weeks before the Packers game, had two weeks, and they were like, you know what? There's no more competition for starting jobs. We're just going to roll in and start practicing, and we're going to let these other you know, 80 dudes sit over here and try to figure it out. And that's like, it took them four years to learn that you need competition at every position every single week. And it's just like, here's, a, here's another tweet from Adam, Adam, Adam Hodge. Um, Matt Nagy just confirmed that Andy Dalton performance will be a big factor in when Justin Fields plays. Performance and wins. Fields is close. Bears are committed to getting Dalton a chance to prove himself as the starter in the regular season. Like to me, that just screams, hey, high school football. Like, hey, I'm the coach's son, or it's Dalton's, the, it's Dalton's senior dude, year. It's your senior it's year. It's like, I know that the guy behind you is better, but he's going to get his playing time next year. It's a non winning football program where the schools in fucking Texas that are just beating the shit out of teams every single year, they're taking their freshmen and putting them on varsity just to start practicing. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it, it, it sorry, that brings back some memories of my high school because it's like we didn't fucking bring anyone up to get them ready for the big leagues. And I feel like, 
our, our kicker actually shanked an extra point um, in overtime, and that's how we lost the quarterfinals. So it was it, it's bringing back some rough memories. Drop, drop his name, ain't my kicker. No, no. Actually, <laughs> and it's funny, too, because he didn't do shit else. Like, high school football kickers should probably be doing something else. Like, this guy just kicked, and he had a scholarship to, like, North Texas bullshit. I don't know. But long story short, he shanked it. It was kind of raining. Either way, um, let's not digress. But, yeah, that to me, it's just like that's how Rashad Coward gets his looks, right? Why else would you have Rashad Coward playing when you could have bumped your center out to guard Cody Whitehair and had Sam Musfer playing? Alex Bars proved that he was a better player. Like you were, it, it's like almost like, hey, you're letting people sit in line. It's like you have to wait your turn instead of saying whatever. And I actually saw a Ron Rivera interview and it was talking about how he got a ton of respect. It was on part of my take, um, but he got a ton of respect within the locker room because I'm, I'm blanking on the player's name, but he said, hey, listen, like I need to cut you. This guy had an electric training camp. He's like, if something happens, I will put you on the team. Like I will give you an opportunity. And what happened? Someone went down. He could have brought in one of his guys that he knew well, whatever, but he gave this kid a shot and it was an undrafted free agent. You know what I mean? And it's like, Hey, you could have told Andy Dalton, I'm giving you every opportunity to win this number one spot. You got Nick Foles to battle right now. You know what I mean? Sorry. Things change. Justin Fields is in win the fucking job. You're a 10 year vet, but no, you promised him a starting job. Like that's insane to me. Yo, dude, and that's that's my entire point. Like, what the fuck did he do to earn this job? Like, it's not like he's worked with Matt Nagy in the past. Like, if you want to say he worked with Bill Lazor, that's fine. But our offense coordinator shouldn't be deciding who. Bill Lazor's not even calling fucking plays, bro. Bill yeah, Lazor exactly. doesn't do anything. He's a fucking statue. He does nothing. But the only I mean, time, yeah, when he comes in, he just operates a more efficient offense. But then like, we can't go back to that. Yeah, like, dude, it would be a little bit more justifiable if it was Nick Foles coming back you know, for another year, like, and I've honestly said this a lot, you know, I've even said it in the group chat, we're all in is like, bro, you got, you, you could have sold me Nick Foles week one. You could have sold me that because he was already here. We're stuck with that fucking contract regardless. Like he's here. We, he worked with him last year. He's obvious. Nagy obviously loves the guy or he did. You know how these little fucking Matt Nagy quarterback divorces go. They're real fucking wonderful to deal with. But um, like you could have sold that to me, and I would have probably bought it a little bit easier than bringing in Andy Dalton for ten million fucking dollars, and not not playing a single fucking snap with the Chicago Bears, and promising him a fucking week one starting job before we even drafted a fucking quarterback, and then we get Justin Fields, and now it's like Nagy can't go back on his fucking word, whereas he should have never made that fucking promise in the first place. Like, it's just a constant barrage of Matt Nagy putting his fucking foot in his mouth. Like, I swear to God, he's going to have foot fungus on his fucking tongue by the time he gets fired. It's so when fucking you, bad. With that kind of stuff coming out in a press conference, like, how do you perform fucking, or how do you expect Andy Dalton to perform well? How do you expect anyone on your roster to fucking respect you if you're not putting the best players on the field? Exactly. And it's like, okay, well, we're, we're going to just give Andy Dalton a really fucking short leash because we know we got a guy that's better than him behind him, but... We'll just give him an opportunity because it's the regular season. What? What's the fucking difference? What do you mean? Listen, you play the fucking hot hand, and if Justin Fields is the hot hand coming out of the fucking preseason, you just fucking traded. You just traded up a bunch of draft capital to go fucking get him. For the longest time in the draft process, he was considered the number two quarterback prospect in a loaded quarterback fucking draft. Why not at least try it? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck do you have to lose at this point? Do you really think you're going to buy yourself another fucking year by trotting out Andy Dalton for six games, going 0 and fucking six, and letting fucking Justin Fields save your season? Like, it's almost like I've heard that, 
and thought like, oh, no, that's bullshit. There's no fucking way that would actually happen. It's starting to feel that way. It's starting to feel like Matt Nagy knows he's so fucking in over his head that he wants to buy himself another fucking year. And he thinks he can buy himself another year by slow playing it with fucking Justin Fields, having Justin Fields come in, have like fucking remember. Remember that run that Watson went on in his rookie year where he fucking played like eight games and just went off. That saved Bill O'Brien's fucking job. You know what I mean? Like that's that feels like the type of shit that Matt Nagy's trying to do right now. And that's it's the oldest it, fucking trick in the book, dude. It's sad. It's sad that people are buying into that. Cause you're right. There are a lot of fucking Nagy guys out there. And I don't fucking understand it. Beat on how the fuck do they wake up in the morning? Cause I don't fucking get it, bro. I mean, I think really just the thing for me is I, I just want to see a winning football team. I want to see a team that's moving in the right direction and stays moving in the right direction. And I feel like in the Matt Nagy era, it's one step forward, two steps back. Rinse, repeat throughout the season. We got an extra week this year to deal with it or an extra game this year. So probably lose that shit too. But the thing with me is like we all know football. Our listeners know football. The viewers know football. Like there's no way you can tell me that Andy Dalton – is going to put this team in a better position to win than Justin Fields. And the same thing with Justin Fields that we talked about with Mitch is like, I would rather see a stat line where Justin Fields just let it rip. Yeah, maybe as a pick or two or maybe as a fumble, but he at least tried. And he's going to learn from that, and that shit's not going to happen again. With Andy Dalton, it's like you're just treading water. You're just you're just putting uh, – you got Billy Mays putting the fucking permaflex in the bottom of the boat and making sure it doesn't sink. Like, that's basically what you got. We know like, exactly who Andy Dalton is at this point. In yeah. Career, man. And, and, and I'm going to say it every episode. He didn't do shit last year with Dallas. Dallas has arguably the best wide receiver core. And when, when Zeke's doing well, one of the best running backs in the league, like, you, you have no excuse. There was a game last year that I watched that they fucking scored three points, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, And then, of course, in typical Chicago Bears fashion, he ends up our quarterback the next year. Like, it's Yeah, just, dude, it's, it's a fucking sad reality. It's insane. And, it's insane. I, mean, I mean, like, anyone who fucking knows me knows that my, girl, my longtime girlfriend's a Cowboys fan, so I saw a ton of fucking Andy Dalton <laughs> last year, and, bro, I, I fucking spit out my goddamn water when we signed him. Like, I was so physically and mentally upset. Like, why? Because it's like, this guy is a fucking bum. He is so over the goddamn hill. And, it, dude, it is shown in the preseason. What? Where is Andy Dalton look good? Like, even his fucking long touchdown was that a fucking goddamn a, That pick in a triple coverage was yeah. so fucking oh, bad. But also, I will say, shout out Nick McLeod, Notre Dame graduate who grabbed it. Bro, I was I was, <laughs> I was on the fucking bot account covering fucking play by play, and I was just so fucking miserable because it's like, how the hell do I sell Andy Dalton to anyone right now? And at that point, I left for a three hour trip to the fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a I, I have a legitimate question for you, I guess. Go crazy. How much, how much do you think Andy Dalton being an option could have leveraged teams into? or I guess given the Bears leverage to not give up as much for Justin Fields. Cause we all think that they got away with a pretty nice trade. I mean, they give up a first and they're, if they start Andy Dalton, that's going to be a nice fucking first round pick. But you know what I mean? Like, do you think that had anything to do with it? Do you think it's just a pace slip up again? Cause he did the same thing with Glennon. Like how much leverage is it? Because we're going to get into the O line next. And when you really think about it, this Andy Dalton contract, I mean, it could have been Kyle Fuller. And that's the thing, too. You talk about, like, the Charles Leno contract, the Keem Hicks, whatever. 
No contract bothers me. Even the Robert Quinn contract doesn't bother me. It's the fact that you put an extra $10 million on the books to get the same quarterback as Nick Foles, just a little bit less frantic looking in the pocket. You know what I mean? So it just, it, and it, obviously they're different skill sets, different players, blah, blah, blah. But you get what I'm saying? Same level of guys. So it just doesn't make any sense. Like, do you think it actually bought any leverage? Dude, I I don't think so because I feel like you'd have the same amount of leverage if you decided Nick Foles was going to be your starting quarterback next year. And you could have had Kyle Fuller opposite of Jalen Johnson for at least one more season. So that that's the part that's always going to get me worked up about Andy Dalton. I know there were cert- other ways the contract could have worked out with Kyle Fuller that he was still ended up getting cut. But I feel like there's a lot less of a fucking chance if we would have just stuck with fucking goddamn Tyler Bray as, our, as QB3 coming into this year instead of having what? Andy Dalton makes 10 million. How much does fucking Nick Foles make this year? We have so much money spent on the quarterback room that is just worthless. It's actually like, not that bad when you look at it. It's just um I, I can look it up right now. Go go so, ahead, be done. I will say it could be worse. Our QB one could be bitching about how his organization didn't help him out with their first round draft pick. So <laughs> could be worse. Could be worse. I'm gonna plead the fifth on that because I fucking hate Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, but I would. Bro, he looks he looks like hopeless Bears. this year in camp. Like he literally looks homeless. I, I don't Dude. think he has a care in the world right now, which kind of scares me. Bro, he fucking sat at home and ate mushrooms and watched fucking Jeopardy the entire off. Smoked peyote and shit. Dude, he smoked peyote in the desert with Phil Jackson, like a hundred percent. Like he didn't fucking do shit this year. I don't know, man. I just. Uh... The whole Andy Dalton situation is just the most Chicago Bears situation of all time. It's just like, like Duke said, you pay for a quarterback that's over the hill that you know you you know we didn't get AJ Green in the deal, which was Andy Dal- half of Andy Dalton's fucking career. So, I mean, <laughs> what what are we really getting besides his gorgeous wife, a nice guy, and a couple extra picks here? Like, well, well, I mean, Andy Dalton does like uh, Notre Dame tight ends. I mean, him and Tyler Eifert had a thing going there for right. a minute. You're right. I guess, Coca- I, I guess and that Coca- would be. Matt, the- I hope there's nothing serious with him because he didn't play on Saturday. I'm sure it was more precautionary, but he was not out there on Saturday. Dude, I swear to God, I'm just waiting for fucking Matt Nagy to justify playing Jesse James over Cole Komet. Oh, dude, I can't wait. I, mind. I forgot about uh, our favorite Cole Komet hater. I'm gonna shit down his throat this year. Oh, dude, I don't follow him because it was getting so bad. Dude, I he's muted. I'm I'm about at the point. Like, I'm not gonna do it right now. But if he continues that shit in the regular season, I'm gonna regularly call his ass. There's just no true measure of what we saw from Komet last year because he didn't get ample enough opportunity to prove who he really was. And when he played, he did well. Dude, the advanced the advanced statistics. I'll let you go in a second. The advanced statistics said he had enough. So he had like one of the best separation percentages in fucking football. So yeah. that entire argument is such fucking dog shit. So go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I just wanted to look into this number, and it's actually kind of crazy because if you look at it, it's seven plus. What is Andy Dalton's hit? Five plus four. It's like so. Yeah, the four is like in sentence, right? I mean, it's like $17 million for three quarterbacks that are all, I guess you would call starting level one. But if you look at it, though, the contracts that were given, now we're going to be taking cap hits down the road for those. And it's like for just dog shit. Again, it just doesn't make any sense, especially if you knew you were trading up in the draft. You actually, we're going to get into this offensive line. You just could have used it elsewhere. Like, dude, because I, the $10 million you could have used. Exactly. I would have killed to have Kyle Fuller again for another year. Like Kyle Fuller is a Bears legend. And the way they did him – just like they do every other fucking Bears legend, just like this guy right here, this bald guy. They fuck them. They don't care about you. They don't care about your legacy. 
They don't care about any of that shit. They just kick you to the curb, whether it's for an extra mil that they don't want to spend or two mil. Like, they don't care. And it, okay, yeah. that's, I'll never we have seen that in time and time again. Shit. They're shitbags, dude. It's unbelievable. It's worse. It it's looks- not as bad as the Cubs and Sosa, but it's fucking unbelievable to see the way they treat their legends if your name's not Walter Payton, Mike Singletary, or Dick Buckus, or even Dick. I mean, and that's the thing. You could use that $10 million on, most importantly, the offensive line. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get into this, too, because when you really think about, you know, I, I I don't mind the aggressive strategy, especially to trade up for Justin Fields, but it's it's kind of crazy to really think that they traded up again into the, in the second round to, to get Tevin Jenkins. You know what I mean? Like, in the way it's unfolding, that shit sucks, and I feel real bad even, for that kid, but we have a shitbag fan base, and they did this to that kid. This is, I, I put this on no one but the Bears. They I knew even be mad that something was wrong with him. Though. I'm not mad at Tevin, but I'm saying they knew something was wrong with him in pre-draft workouts. Not even that. Let it just, slide. just the overall strategy of just trading up twice with yeah. – you know what I mean? Like, and, and it just amplifies it. You know what I mean? It, it's one thing for – them to give up a, a mid round pick this year and next year or whatever to move up to get Tevin Jenkins and he's fully healthy and you know he's predominantly a left tackle because you're planning on cutting Charles Leno like if if it made sense if you can connect the dots I wouldn't mind it but you think about it you trade up for Justin Fields and you trade up for Tevin Jenkins knowing that there is a major risk and you're asking him to move over to left tackle right away after you also traded up to go get a new f- franchise player like you're giving up a lot of I don't know, man. And even if it we turns talk out, about, a- we talk about draft capital all the time, bro. Like that's a lot of draft capital. And and granted, some of those later round picks, like you don't know if they're ever gonna, you know, turn into something. But you're not gonna know unless you find out. And every year, the NFL shoves this this uh, graphic down our throat. There's a hell of a lot more players from the later rounds in the draft that are currently still contributing at a high level than there are top end picks. So yeah, but you, you that's a numbers bums. game. It's a numbers game, I know, but they're supposed to be bums. They're not supposed to be good at football. It's just a number on the roster in the preseason. Still finding ways to contribute. Yeah, man. I, I feel like this entire situation, it's it's why I kind of enjoy the fact that we are coming back to reality a little bit, kind of as a fan base. Because it felt like for a while there, everyone was really drinking both the Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace Kool-Aid. And don't get me wrong, like, I like Ryan Pace. You know, he has obviously made fuck-ups, but it, it's always kind of felt like he's tried moving this team in the right direction. But, like, this is why you can't t- get too fucking up for the letdown. Because everyone bought into this team, dude. We were the best fucking team in the in the offseason, according to our entire fan base. You know, mostly the younger guys and shit like that. Obviously, there's a few outliers who got way too fucking hyped up. And then we watched the end of this, the end of that fucking Bills game, and now we just kind of have this sad sense of reality of like where this team actually is at. And I still think there's delusion, a lot of delusion. There is. Honest. You should have just, and you should have just seen me walking out, bro. I was, I was like, remember I asked you, dude? I'm like, has a coach ever been fired after a preseason game? And I was, <laughs> I was sober as shit, like completely in the right mind to say that. And, and I asked him honestly, like, has a coach ever been shit canned after a preseason game? Because it was just that type of like. Uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but like demeaning and just demoralizing performance, even on the organizational side. I mean, it's because of Mitch. If it wasn't Mitch, I don't think anyone would have cared. But that's why it erupted. It like just was one more fucking stake. I think that is. I don't like to give free ads, but go listen to the Pardon My Take Mitch interview. Mitch called his shot, and they they recorded with him before the game. He's the PFT and Big Cat asked, like, you know, we're going to bet on the game. 
I, why shouldn't we bet on you guys? And he's like, yeah, absolutely do it. And they fucking smashed us. Like, I'm so happy for Mitch, dude. He's going to, it's going to be a Jameis type situation where he's going to sit, he's going to grow. He's probably not going to play because Josh Allen is a freak. And I know Duke doesn't like him, but I, I might bet on him to win the MVP this year. I think it's Josh Allen season. But not come next year, he's going to have a home. I don't know where it's going to be, but he's, he's going to find a home and he's going to get that second chance that he deserves. And again, in typical Chicago sports and Chicago Bears fashion, might be comeback player of the year, something, something big, something special is in his future. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to listen to everyone who fucking shit all over Mitch being like, well, why couldn't he do that here? It's like, yeah, because you guys and the, are and the last, fucking bald guy. And the last strand of hair will fall off of all the truthers' heads at the same time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not super con- – I think we saw a lot of what Mitch actually is in that Buffalo game, but I, I think they're just so much better from top to bottom on their roster. And like I said, I, I think there is a ton of talent on the Bears roster. I don't think they're just some garbage team that's, you know, they're not in a rebuild. They're not in the state of the Bears in 2014 and 2013 with a ton of aging veterans like that did not contribute. There's a couple, you know, but there's still a good mix of young talent that gets inserted every single year in the draft, even if it's minimal. But I, it just, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting at with this offensive line. You know, that's a big part of why Justin Fields isn't going to be going in supposedly, or that's what's speculated. This $10 million you paid Andy Dalton could have been the difference between Russell Okung and Jason Peters. Like you, you got a 40 year old Jason Peters that looks like he hasn't worked out one time since the end of last season. And I know dude, the, the guy's going to be undoubtedly a first ballot at hall of famer. He was one of the best tackles in the league for a very long time. He's old, man. He's old. And and, and that's what I'm saying with the delusion, because it seems like a lot of people are being super optimistic and spinning it like, oh, well, Jermaine, Fe- Jermaine Fetty was dog shit in Seattle. He was supposed to be a right tackle moved to left tackle, right? But Dude, he was so garbage guard. that they moved him to guard, and they still felt he wasn't that good of a player, right? I mean, that's that's why they let him go. They didn't give him his fifth-year option. It was someone that Ryan Pace scouted in 2016, I believe. Um, and he just went like at the end of the first round, but he didn't get his fifth year option, nothing. And Seattle's O-line is not good. So that just tells you, and, and it's something that I actually talked to Buzz with, Buzz on tap, if, uh, if any of you guys know him. It's just kind of insane to me, some of these moves that get made. And it's because of this trading up strategy. And as much as I like Ryan Pace at times, you know, like trading up, you're, you're putting your so many assets in where you're not getting that influx of talent every single year. Like 2018 could have been a big year. Did we really need Anthony Miller? Did we need to trade up in the draft to get Anthony Miller? No, like we could have had a second rounder in 2018. You could have paired up David Montgomery with a, who knows, like a Chase Claypool type of guy. So that's the thing. Like if you're giving away a lot of the times, I feel like Ryan Pace would trade up, but then trade down with the second round pick, but he's kind of mortgaged all of the future away. And it's just, it's a vicious cycle, bro. And it, it's getting to the point where you could kind of start f- feel the, the wheels fall off a little bit, even though, you know, I don't know. Yeah, They're going to need receivers next year, though, and they don't have that first round pick. They They're going to need a good receiver, like a, like a top end of the draft receiver. I think Allen Robinson's not saying and that's the thing too. Like uh, that's what I was getting at before with Buzz as well. When you have a uh, a contract like Robert Quinn, right? If you're not mortgaging, if you're not restructuring all these deals and making these cap hits, an extra two million dollars every single year, and cutting players a year, you know, giving Andy Dalton the, 
a deal where he's only giving you a $4 million cap hit, but it's $10.5 million. So that spreads out. That adds up. That's why I've said so many times in the offseason, you cannot mortgage the fucking future, bro. And, and people don't actually understand that when it comes to the salary cap. You have to come up with that money at some point or another. So you got organizations like the Ravens or the Steelers, or if they have someone like Robert Quinn that they're just like, listen, this ain't working they have the room to make that cut and just let him go instead of being like, Hey, we need to play Robert Quinn. We need to play him because we fucking paid him and we're still not willing to just make him a a defensive end. Like still not willing to just have the guy be a fucking second and long third and long type guy. It's just like, I don't understand, man. There's no continuity. And I feel like it has to do with really just starts at the top with, with lunch meet Ted, you know, and Justin Fields did give us a, a nice sense of like, Hey, the future could be bright, but for this season, it's just hard to see them doing really well. Yeah. And I mean, kind of to your offensive line point where you started with Jason Peters, I mean, this kind of feels like us trading for Cutler and signing fucking Orlando pace all over again. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a spot fucking move. It's, you know, obviously you didn't have a guy like Chris Williams be healthy. So that's kind of similar to how Tevin Jenkins is right now with signing that fucking, veteran guy who's just not going to probably end up being all that great but i guess he'll be something he'll be he'll be able to say that he played for the bears in this hall of fame speech that'll basically be fucking it my biggest issue is it's like you're it's not fucking even when you play madden if you were to like have a fantasy draft on madden and you don't see a left tackle that you like so you just pick up another right tackle his 93 is dropping to like 86 I don't understand what the idea of not having one fucking left tackle on your roster until two weeks before the start of the season. Like, I, I don't understand it at all. It doesn't make any fucking sense, bro. Linemen, some, yes, can be utility guys and play every part of the line, but that's so few and far between. So many body types are built for a specific fucking position. And for you to be comfortable on the left side is way different than being comfortable on the right side. It's just for you to bring it again, someone like Jermaine Effetti, And now we're bringing him back. He did play better as a guard than he did as a tackle. But now he's supposed to be the answer at right tackle. I get it. We have a pretty solid interior. I'm not going to go over the moon for it. But are they so good that they compensate for the tackle positions? And then you have fucking Elijah Wilkerson that couldn't even play guard, that they wanted to play tackle. He got moved into guard, and then he got fucking cut from Denver, bro. Come on. And now you're just going to plug him in like Teddy Long Dong. Teddy Long Dong. And in in fucking both of those preseason games, the tackle depth looked like absolute fucking dog shit so that doesn't help anything either like it it, god it was so fucking bad but i mean the the more and more we go on it feels it feels like the charles leno cut was like fucking fan service you know what i mean it feels like they did it to fucking they were on a roll of making the fans feel good about the offseason out of nowhere so they're like well fucking they all hate charles leno let's cut him too we're fucking gonna sell so many damn season tickets we're gonna we're gonna stick it to his wife fuck that i'll be able to fucking swim in lunch meat god damn it like that's how ted phillips is thinking you know what i mean he's all about fucking fan service and that's that's why we're at where we're fucking at right now we have no fucking experience well we have too much fucking experience left tackle we have a 39 year old fucking left tackle who's going to be pinned to fucking start who by the way looked like dog shit with the philadelphia eagles last year so oh he yeah was, man that's what i'm it's, saying like he's not the oh, same player i i he guess made 10 pro bowls though i i guess to kind of get off of this fucking point i mean for you guys I, I kind of had a question. I had an idea for you guys before I came, before we came on was like, we have, we have honestly final roster roster cuts coming up and, you know, obviously it's going to be the last preseason game coming up individually for both of you. Who do you think has the most to fucking prove on Saturday? 
I don't understand how they didn't put Javon Wims in that list of cuts. The, sec- because the second it. Rodney Adams got past that defender, it should have just been Matt Nagy should have just like said, "Hey, Wims, go take your go take your shit off. You're done." And I've never been a uh, huge like I hate Javon Wims guy. I really thought in 2019, his camp was like really good to the point yeah. where I I identified he led the preseason in yards. Yeah, he had okay. a great fucking yeah. camp. I went, I, yeah, I went to a preseason where I was like, it's very clear that the best players on the off, like the offense performing was Javon Wims and Dave Montgomery. Like it was to the point where I was like, okay, this kid's going to be something. So, I, but at the end of the day, he hasn't materialized. It's not the same thing. Not the yips. Can't catch the football. It's, it's, and he's trying man. to fight people too. Can't have that. I just don't understand. That's the thing. It's like, that's a message sending move. As much as I don't, I didn't care about the fight. Like that's a message sending move. What do you, what value does he still have on this roster? Block, blocking wide receiver in the Matt Nagy offense. Who do you think the, the receivers are going to be? You think they're going to carry six? It's obviously a Rob Mooney, um, and then I think Goodwin are the locks. And you got probably Riley Ridley for another year, or he might be on. That's someone. Okay, to answer your question, a long, very long winded way, I think it could be Riley Ridley. Yeah, that's that. See, that's kind of the player I had in mind when I said this. Um, you know, because I'm gonna go wins because it's. I don't think he's even has a chance. Yeah, because if if it were up to me, I guess the six wide receiver that I'd go with obviously have Goodwin, fucking Robinson, and Mooney as the number as the top three, and then I would go Ridley, Adams, and then um, I would really want to hold Daz Newsom probably. Yeah, I'll say because actually I really, hold on, I got. I really like what Daz can do in the return game. Kendall Vildor. I don't know if that's how you say it. I'm not a names guy, but. He needs to have a big season. We need a lot from him. And I know it's like, yo, he went to Georgia Southern. He was a late-round pick. He's shown a lot of promise, and he plays with a lot of heart. And that's something that you can't coach. That's something that you're born with. And that's something that you have to continue once you you realize you're the heart guy. you got to kind of just keep trying your hardest. He's He's also someone that you don't want blanketing fucking Julio Jones when A.J. Brown comes to town. Well, what are we going to do? I mean, you want Artie Burns or – that's what I've heard kind of who looks the I best. I saw it right on now. Twitter. I saw it on Twitter that he's probably number two, but yeah. I mean, he was a first round pick. We'll see what happens. He never materialized though. And if you talk to Steelers fans, they hate his guts. Oh, dude. And I'm I'm not really in on Artie Burns, if I'm being totally honest with you guys. I, I watched quite guy. a dude, I watched quite a bit of him with the Steelers. He looked like fucking dog shit. But um I think really one thing that's complicating a lot of this, because I always saw Vildor kind of served better as like an inside corner in the slot. Is uh, the fact that Desmond Trufant hasn't been around? Like I've, I don't want to speculate, but obviously there was more wasted money. Well, there wasn't that. There was some personal stuff that's like popped up. I don't know how that's going to bode for him starting week one, but him not being in camp and him not playing in the preseason is going to really set us back. I feel he hasn't. No, yeah, I don't. I didn't. That's the thing. I didn't have the expectation that they were just giving him the spot. It seemed like they could slot him in, but you almost thought with his injury history, you know what I mean? Like, are they going to really be able to rely on him? Like you needed some kind of, some kind of depth. They gave him a barely above the veteran minimum. He got the same contract as Pat O'Donnell, 1.75. Yeah. 1.075. So that's why I honestly wouldn't like seeing Duke. I wouldn't mind seeing Duke Shelley play outside possibly on Saturday as well. See a little bit what he can do. Because I yeah. feel like he's just a guy it's that gets like lost in his get... so often. 
It, it would be a lot better if we had Fuller and Johnson. We shouldn't be having this conversation. Like <laughs> these are all third and fourth. These are all like, third and fourth corners and, and and like fringe roster guys. And the way the game has progressed, you see people throw 40, 50 times a week. You see these big ass receivers like Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Like I don't think either of them will play next week. But if we play that, if we play them in the regular season, curtains, absolutely curtains from the jump. Like we're not going to stand a chance. The thing We're is, not playing them in the regular season. Okay, play. thank God. But the thing is, is like, if I want to retool your question towards the regular season, I think the person with the most to prove on this team is Eddie Jackson. I think it's a big year for him because, like, a lot of people don't think he is the player that he is. I know we're not of that mindset. There's a lot of people that, like, think that he's going to have 2018 every single year. And it's just not possible. He's not Ed Reed. But yeah. when he gets his hands on the ball, which he will, and if there's no laundry, you can count on him doing his little dance in the end zone. I promise you that. And I really want to see him have a breakout here. We need it from him with <laughs> how bad say, that secondary is. Did you say so there's no laundry? What the fuck? The, no laundry, a flag. They always That's throw what I'm saying. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. They always throw a flag. The Bears, also, last year. the Bears used the Detroit Lions one that got called off in their hype video on Saturday. Do fucking better. I applied for that job. Do better. Do better. It was, still a, sick, it was still a sick play, though. But it didn't yeah. count for shit. That's like, that's like using an offsides goal in a soccer hype video. It just doesn't play. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm with you on that beat on. I mean, what an asshole. I, <laughs> they hire me, bro, and they putting out dog shit like that. And I notice. I see everything with these eyes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I fucking love Eddie Jackson. So, I mean, I'm I'm probably under a little bit of a different mindset, but I, I definitely understand about how he can kind of prove himself a little bit more to the casuals, I guess. You know, because they don't they don't really see what he does. You know, they don't realize when people aren't throwing to his side of the field, that's actually insanely effective. You know what I mean? Like forcing quarterbacks to actually go the other way. Like, dude, even a guy like Aaron Rodgers brings up how he feels about fucking Eddie Jackson, how important he is to that fucking defense. And that's a guy you don't really want to throw at. You know, so that's that's where I see a lot of his value. That's kind of similar to like Cleo Mack, like how much he gets double and triple teamed and how much that should open up the rest of the defensive line. And that in itself doesn't show up on a stat sheet, but that shows so much fucking value that you just don't see unless you like really are watching the games. Um, yeah, dude, I'd love to see fucking, I'd love to see Eddie Jackson at least get like two defensive touchdowns this year. I think that'd be fucking huge. For him he should have had play. three last year. That's what no I'm saying. Shit. Like he should have had three. Dude, I'm not out on it. Even almost all, all my Eddie. shot, but it was, Called back on a flag, that would, dude. You that remember that the shit? Most insane that was prediction. Insane, yeah. That would have been the most insane prediction ever, down to the quarter and shit. Like, I actually lost my mind. I was more dude, upset. I was so fuck. Like, I was freaking the fuck out, and then I saw the flag, and, like, I just fell on the ground. Like, I was so fucking devastated. That's one of those things where you see someone call their shot, like, four years before on Twitter, and it's yeah. just, like, comes, and you're just like, no way did that happen. And then you go back and look at the account, and it's like they've been calling shots for everything for – 20 years like but, yeah all right I mean, I've, I think, I've been doing it with the socks all year but I'm, the only I'm all right so since you brought the socks up the only uh <laughs> comparable prediction that i've ever had in my like sport predicting life is uh game one of the crosstown this year i was that was the day i was moving and i, ta- I was talking to my dad my dad's a socks fan and i go 
Kimbrell's going to come in late in the game and give up a dong to tie the game, not to win it, which is like the weirdest part about it. And then I was like, and then the Cubs are going to still find ways. And of course, four hot dogs, well, 12 hot dogs later, which I still have to eat. And I swear I'm not hiding on. I've just been busier than shit. They will get eaten this week. They will be eaten before the clock hits zero on this week and pray for my toilet. But I got a lot of leg room in there. New apartment's got a lot of leg room in the back. As I say, dude, the on tap group chat is ripping you to fucking pieces right now. They're uh, yeah. photoshopping pictures of hot dogs on you. So are they? I haven't oh. even looked. I, I, I did see that as well. Um, it's not going to be fun, man. And, and like I said before we recorded, I don't got uh, the luxury of Ethan's air fryer. I'm going to have to boil them bitches the hard way. Bro, just fucking no fixings either. Just fucking no, no, yeah, straight. I might, I might do the, I might do the Kobayashi and just like. Just do like just three dogs at a time, dip them in dip water, them in water and shit. Mustard, just eat them cold. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh dude, that's so oh. gross. Oh, I can just taste it. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's a fucking oh, cold dude. hot dog. God they will be Vienna beef, though, because I'm fucking bougie. So, no doubt. All right. I think we've digressed enough. Um, we are Bears on Tap. Go ahead and give us a follow at that handle or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas on Tap and also follow that pod guy, Duke, Mr. Duke Coughlin and beat on 300. Brandon Suarez. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Roquan Smith, by the way, just got shafted from the top 100. Pointless. Usual. Typical. Pointless list. It's, I, I wonder if anyone on that top 100 list has ever hung out with a porn star on a boat. Probably not. Um, Bro, I, would, I would beg to differ. Bro, we know we know people who talk to football players, so we can't even say we can't even plead ignorance. I know football players. Yeah, they, uh, I'm not going to say was, that was cap. That was cap. I'm just going to leave it alone. Damn. Well, we're ending, guys. We just had a bunch of people jump in, but we appreciate you. Go yeah, back. We we're going to be, we'll tweet it in the morning. You can go back and listen to it on all of the uh, podcasting apps, you know, Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, Apple. Apple, the whole nine yards. I didn't even want to say that one because it's just universally dominating everything. Um, but yeah, we love you guys. Bear down. Bear down. Ben Aggie's fraud. Bear down. <laughs>